Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, nuggets of inspiration for a bigger, better, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance, I left my executive role to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of Live Media, I am thrilled to create wellness-based content and technologies to help you level up and become more conscious of your ripple. The Live app launched Christmas Day for Apple iOS. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a beautiful place for us to share our gold, our dreams, and create community. Gold is a Live Media production brought to you from the sound studio at the Live headquarters. Cynthia Kane's personal philosophy surrounding communication is based off the Buddhist principles of right speech. Tell the truth, don't exaggerate, don't gossip, use helpful language. She believes a mix of nonviolent communication, mindful communication, and what she calls self-responsible communication help you and others suffer less. She's the author of How to Communicate Like a Buddhist, Talk to Yourself Like a Buddhist, and the upcoming book, How to Meditate Like a Buddhist. Cynthia has helped over 40,000 people change their way of communicating through her online courses, workshops, and training programs. She creates unique communication-focused meditations for her clients that assist people in having better communication in any difficult conversation or situation. Along with individuals, she has worked with organizations such as Ed Lavich, Jewish Community Center of Washington, D.C., Broad Futures, Science Solutions, University of North Carolina, Asheville, Give Yoga, and more. Cynthia has taught meditation at the Council on Foreign Relations and has written for national and international publications including Self Magazine, Veg News, Pregnancy Magazine, The Jerusalem Post, The Washington Post, Women's Day, BBC Travel, Refinery29, Mind Body Green, Elephant Journal, and Bustle. Her upcoming book, How to Meditate Like a Buddhist, delves into the tips needed for creating a regular meditation practice. It demystifies the ancient practice while teaching the reader about posture, breathing, mindset, and more, encompassing the most important aspects of Buddhist meditation in one accessible guide. Today, Cynthia and I talk about passive-aggressive communication and why it is so important to be aware of our default stance when it's time to have the tough conversations. We also talk about the mental health benefits of concise communication. Let's dig in. I'm so excited to introduce Cynthia Kane to the Gold audience. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. I'm really excited to be here with you. We were just getting uh, chatting before we got started about communication and how important it is. And I, I, I'm so excited to get into this subject with you. Um, I know that this is what your kind of your entire world uh, focuses on. Uh, and we were talking about the fact that as we were putting our app together, we realized that communication is the bedrock of every part of our life. It's the way we talk to the people that we work with. It's the way that we talk to the people that we love. And I know that you specialize in this. And I wanted to specifically talk a little bit about passive-aggressive communication because I think we all can be guilty of that um, in our lives. And I know personally that my boyfriend knows that I'm upset with him when I start becoming (laughs) passive-aggressive. So I wanted to ask you, like, what should we do in the ways that we're communicating to be not only um, more effective communicators, but aware when we're falling into some of these communication traps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So be- being passive aggressive is a very normal default reaction for people. Um, and it's very easy when we're in difficult interactions to just go straight to what is most comfortable for us. Right. Because 
it's our way of kind of protecting or defending or um, really preserving ourselves in what we see, whether consciously or unconsciously, as a threat, right, to um, our, whether it's to our safety, whether it's to feelings of uh, self-worth and things of that nature. And it's, there's normally about four different types of default reactions. One is passive aggressive. The other is you start to lash out. Others are you dodge. Um, sometimes people just shut down. And a big piece of this behavior is really starting to become aware of when you do it. Right. Mm. So those interactions with your boyfriend, are there specific things that he says often that cause you to move into passive aggressive behavior? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's starting to ask yourself questions around what is actually happening that's moving you in that direction, what type of language is being used. But also it comes down to really that core feeling. There's often this core feeling one or two feelings that no matter what the situation is, it's the the go-to feeling that pushes you in the direction of being passive aggressive or lashing out or shutting down. Is it, and when you talk about kind of like one or two core feelings, are these like, I know Tony Robbins talks about like you have a home state. What's your home state? And some people, their home state is fear or worries about abandonment or um, worth or whatever those things may be. Is it, it kind of that, like where you're you're kind of lashing out or acting from this this fear place? Because I know for me, like I'm very aware of the fact when I'm becoming passive aggressive, but I think it's only because I've paid so much attention to it. And I think it's a where I don't feel valued or I don't feel seen and I worry about the safety of the relationship. Not physical safety, but like are we secure? Are we good? And instead of you know, being a grown up <laughs> and just saying, hey, this is really bothering me, which I do a very good job of most of the time. And I think that that's a, a chosen thing because of the fact that I got called out on being passive aggressive by other relationships in the past. And I knew walking into this one, like, that's my default. That's the thing that I do. So I need to switch it up and I need to be more direct. And I've learned instead to say, I'm really upset right now. I don't know how to say it in a good way, so I need some time to process, and then we can have a direct conversation. Otherwise, I'm going to just throw all these little passive-aggressive barbs at you, and we're just going to, like, we're going to blow up. We're going to explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it is, it is, it, it's identifying that feeling of whether you're feeling invisible, whether you're feeling, um, you know, insecure, stupid, um, misunderstood, and understanding that that is that's what's moving you in the direction of becoming passive aggressive so that then when you start to notice okay here's that core feeling this is what it feels like in my body you start mm-hmm. to pay attention to what the sensation is within the body and oftentimes you know i don't know what happens for you but for me it's my um just heat starts just rising up into my chest and mm-hmm. I can feel my heart start beating a little faster um, and becoming really familiar with the sensation that's happening so that that becomes your cue to say, okay, I am, you know, feeling invisible right now. I can tell that I'm about to move into passive aggressive behavior. This is my cue to shift, right? Mm-hmm. So 
this becomes the moment where I get to say, okay, I'm going to acknowledge that I'm feeling all this. I'm going to kind of move it to the side and I'm going to come back to my present moment, see the person in front of me who I'm with that I, you know, in this case, I love, I care for, I support, I want to respect. Um, and I'm going to, you know, choose a different way of interacting in that moment. And I think what you said is wonderful, right? Being able to say in the moment, often I, it's, you know, we handle it in the moment and declare it in the moment and say, I'm feeling really frustrated right now. I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I, I'm going to start becoming passive aggressive and I really don't want to because I really want to be kind to you right now. So I need to take some time. Mm-hmm. That's all really brilliant. And that all starts with that awareness of, okay, here I am. I'm in that feeling. Here's the sensation of my body. Now I have that choice point to shift. Do you think that with people who, I especially notice this with people who ask questions around relationships, romantic relationships specifically, um, a lot of times we have a tendency to kind of point outward and look at the other person and what they're doing to us rather than kind of taking ownership and saying, okay, well, I've chosen this situation or what have you. Do you find that it's a big leap into that space of self-awareness? What, what typically has to happen in order for someone to finally have their eyes open and say, okay, I need to change the way I'm communicating? Well, I think that to be able to realize the communication needs to change is seeing that you're having kind of the same conversations over and over again. You're mm-hmm. stuck in kind of that same feeling state again and again. And mm, it it almost comes to the point where it seems like, you know, nothing's going to change. Um, and the, the way through that, though, is to start seeing through a different lens in the sense of moving away from that blame, like you're talking about, and that it's all kind of on the other and really looking at what your responsibility is within an interaction. Mm. Your responsibility is within communication because really you're, you're only responsible for your words, your reactions, how you're using silence, uh, your body language, your, while the other person is responsible for their words, their reactions, how they're using, you know, body language, silence, and all you have in common is really the health of the the conversation itself. So your responsibility is to only care for yourself in a way and the health of the conversation, right? So if you start to see that the conversation or the interaction is going more towards like a, a hurtful or harmful direction, mm-hmm. it's your cue to say, okay, I want to step back, redirect and start to speak more in a kind, honest and helpful way. I love that. I think it's so important that we look at our partners as being on this journey with us because so many times when we're having issues, we suddenly become self and other. And what you said about looking across at this person and being like, I love this person, right? I don't want to hurt them, um, but I'm hurting inside. So I've got to work through that. And I have a tendency to kind of do the shutdown than the passive aggressive. And so like I've learned my <laughs> my own thing. And I think that there's beauty in kind of owning your own bad behavior, right? Knowing like, oh, sometimes I can play in the space of martyrdom and sometimes I can play in the space of passive aggressive and I'm heading in that direction. So let me take stock in this moment. So I think that that's, it's a really important message to people who are in relationships that like take a beat. And I remember actually, um, reading something that an author, he was a a psychologist. He wrote that he, um, would make a list of all the things that he loved about his wife 
so that when he was the most angry at her, he would read the list before he talked to her. And he's like, I had to remind myself of all the things I love about her so I don't get sucked into the moment of, of my irritation. But then that also leads to the fact that we have to be able to advocate for ourselves and use our voices. So it's not, hey, suck it down, you know, learn how to walk away and process and come back and and then forgetting to come back or, or saying, eh, it's not that big a deal or I don't want to create problems because I think that also brings forth resentment. So when you get to a place where it's time to have the deep, hard conversations, I know that you believe solely in concise communication. And I, I was reading that you talk about taking away the cluttered communication. Like, what would you say to those who have to have difficult conversations? And how do you take away the clutter and all the the madness so that when we're having a conversation, it's coming from the heart and it's very specific and, and engaging? Yeah, well, so I, I, a big piece of this is making sure that you're coming from the lens of being helpful, right? And that what you have to say is necessary. So to kind of declutter your communication, really what clutters it is anything that can distract the other person. So when you're expressing something and you give someone else the opportunity to start thinking about themselves, to start um, focusing on kind of the negative that is all distraction, right? Mm -hmm. So what you want to do is kind of filter through the elements of right speech in Buddhism is one way to declutter your communication, which is to tell the truth, don't exaggerate, don't gossip, and use helpful language. And basically, if you if you filter through those four, your language is going to be very pared down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the other piece is just you're kind of cutting out um, the attention on the other person. So like what you were saying before with, you know, blaming others. So often when we come back after a difficult conversation to have a conversation about it, the focus is on what the other person didn't do, what they should have done. I can't believe that, you know, this happened. And mm-hmm. all of that is the distraction, right? Where really what the focus needs to be on is, okay, this is the direct experience. This is what happened. This is the feeling that it caused within me. And this is what I, I'd like to see potentially change so that I don't experience this again. I love that because so many times, like, the conversations that I've had that have not gone well, it's because one or both of us had said something that's a blame statement. And you're more focused on that and feeling defensive and you don't hear the rest of the words. And, you know, you walk away from the conversation like that person, you know, rather than actually hearing the communication, which requires a lot of self-restraint. I mean, there are times where like all you want to do is just throw all your angry words at someone and to be able to to back it up and speak from a very logical loving place the way I've explained it to people I'm like you have to like speak to them from the heart and share your experience as opposed to what they did that was wrong um and I remember having a tough conversation with someone and I think we were both ready for battle like we were like ready like we were armed we were both armed and I kind of was like you know what this is ridiculous like I act I care about you 
And so I'm just going to tell you how I feel and not what you did, but how I feel and what my truth is. And like, I just saw like the shoulders just kind of go, you know what I mean? Like there was like, oh my God, we get to have a conversation that's not like, tell me, I want to have a human experience with you. And it was a lot more engaging and kind. Um, and we reached resolution a lot faster because there was less of that, that guardedness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it is all about coming with, um, this sense of, you know, the purpose of communicating being to help yourself and the other person suffer less. And in those Mm -hmm. moments, really what you're listening for is you're really listening for like the fundamental reality of the thing itself, right? It's so often that we get caught in, um, and attached to what the person actually is not saying, right? That what we believe they're saying, but we're actually not hearing. And so we're really interested in when you're in those types of interaction is really listening to what's being said, not to what isn't being said. You guys, big news. We heard you loud and clear, and I can't wait to show you what we've been working on behind the scenes. Today Gold is brought to you by Live Media and the Live Pocket Coach, available on the Apple App Store now. Not only is Live like a life coach in your pocket, but we have just dropped our biggest upgrade, which includes Live Circles. These are accountability groups you create with your friends and colleagues to support one another. You can share links, upload files, audio clips, and hold each other accountable. In addition to personal circles, we've also created something incredible, curated themed circles led by coaches on specific topics that we know interest you. The very first one, Next Level Love. Join me for 90 days of visualizations, talks, and interviews with relationship experts, dating coaches, and chat sessions to work on ourselves, our stories, and learn how to date and love intentionally. This is for the people who want to take their love life to the next level. The team at Live has worked so hard to provide you something special, and since we love giving gifts and self-development is our thing, we have a special offer. While you have enjoyed a VIP experience with Live for free 99 since Christmas, this upgrade is valuable. No one is doing what we are doing. So if you opt in before the end of our first curated group, May 18th, 2020, you can get Live Pocket Coach for $99 for the year. This gives you access to all of our content, accountability circles, both yours and ours. That is $8.25 a month to change your life. Shoot over to loveisviral.com to sign up or shoot us an email at hello at loveisviral.com with Live99 in the subject line. We will set you up and get you all the codes that you need. This offer won't last, so sign up now and here is to you and the best decision you've made today. Live Pocket Coach, welcome to your life. I, <laughs> I'm thinking of like all of my relationships in my twenties <laughs> where you're like, I'm trying to read behind the lines. What did he mean by that? Exactly. I, and so um, none of that, I mean, none of that actually matters. That's all a distraction from yeah. really becoming concise with your interactions, which is focusing on, um, you know, what happened, what, what the feeling was, what the experience was, and then potentially sharing to create more of a conversation. Yeah. So do you think that sometimes this type of communication style requires like an inner confidence? I think when you start to practice speaking in this way, it builds the confidence, mm. the confidence, because what you end up learning is to 
I mean, to own, own it, you know, own your faults, right? Own your mistakes, own, um, you know, in those moments where somebody's like, you're being selfish, you're like, you're right, I am being selfish. Those, those moments where we can accept what's true and accept the reality is when we are actually able to grow and really see how capable we are. And um, I, it, it also really helps you to cut through the fear that holds so many of us back from actually having the difficult conversations so that we can come to the conversation knowing, okay, that we are coming with the best intention, that we're coming to be helpful, that we're not bringing resentment, blame, judgment, you know, with us. And if we know that that's where we're coming from and what we're doing and the response isn't necessarily what we want, it's still beautiful because then we get great information to then make another decision, which is an empowered decision to say, okay, this is okay for me or this isn't okay for me. Yeah. Do you, um, I know that you speak specifically about the mental health benefits of being an effective communicator. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So changing the way that you communicate with yourself changes the way that you see the world, right? Um, It really can help you with anxiety and stress and insomnia. I mean, for me, it completely changed the way that I, I mean, the way that I see myself, right? Um, So much of life before for me was really, I mean, I was also very passive aggressive, extremely judgmental, um, and had a lot of anxiety and, um, also a lot of overwhelm, which created for me a lot of, um, like I would get styes in my eyes and, you know, a lot of kind of health issues Mm -hmm. too. Um, and by choosing kind of this lifestyle experiment to start talking to myself in a more kind, honest and helpful way, my anxiety decreased, right? I was no longer worrying about every little thing. I wasn't questioning myself as much. And, you know, with that, the stress kind of deteriorated and I started to feel safer in the world because I wasn't talking to myself in a fearful way, right? In kind of these states of lack that we can create. Mm -hmm. And, um, and because of that, then you actually, you end up sleeping better because you feel safe (laughs) and secure. So there's, there's so many benefits to shifting the way that you communicate because it really ends up, you know, it can change the way that you view your relationships. It can change the way you eat. It can change the way you, you know, interact at work with your colleagues, your employers. It can create more wealth. It can, I mean, it can completely shift um, each area. Do you have, and, and I'm asking for myself at this moment, because as much as I have built kind of like a wellness platform and believe in self-development, um, I sometimes struggle. Like I'm struggling now with those, those little voices in your head, right? And we all understand the benefits of positive self-talk. Um, but sometimes when we move into a new space or we have a new project or a new relationship, that voice comes back. And I think those are the moments where you can rely on on the practices that you've had. And for me, they've been like journaling or yoga or meditation. 
like how how would you help someone move into that space who's having a hard time you know quieting those little voices or that negative self-talk or the way they 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 recognize that it's it's bad behavior they recognize that um they need to change it but it's it's very hard so what what advice would you give well so i think one the first step would really be meditation right because mm-hmm. meditation really helps us to start changing our relationship to our thoughts and also the way that we're talking to ourselves so that you can start to really become aware of when you are speaking to yourself in a way that's making you feel bad. Cause so, so often it's pretty, it can, can be pretty subtle. Um, and so meditation will help in the sense that, you know, you have all these thoughts that you're witnessing and noticing and, um, when you get distracted or caught up in one, you say, thank you for sharing, you know, I got this and you move it to the side and then you come back to the present moment and what you're doing within the present moment. And so in a way you're kind of mimicking that in your day to day, when that negative self-talk comes in, you see it, you notice it, you feel it, you identify it, and then you mentally kind of put it on a shelf and then come back to the present moment and what you're, you're doing within the moment. Um, and I mean that those are kind of easier, quick ways when they pop up that you can kind of move that and come back to your present moment and ask yourself, you know, what are my hands doing? What are my feet doing? Mm -hmm. Um, The other is just understanding where it's coming from. Right. So there is a whole process of kind of exploring where, where it's coming from. Maybe it's coming from a past experience. Maybe it's coming from, you know, societal influence, or maybe it's coming from this idea of um, scarcity or there's not enough. And then after exploring it a little bit, um, you know, you start asking questions around it. Just what judgment am I making, right? What story am I creating? What do I know to be true? Because so much of what we tell ourselves is actually not true, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's just uh, creation. And so asking yourself, what do I know to be true in this moment can be really helpful to kind of detach from the self-talk. And then, you know, after questioning a little to give you space, then it really is about releasing it. I think, um, it's so powerful how we communicate with ourselves and what we can do to, I've seen my life change multiple times, like over and over again, where I've created these practices and I've completely changed the way I viewed the world. I changed my relationships. I changed the way I show up, changed the way I advocate for myself. Um, I rewrote so much, but it's, it's funny because when you're in it and when you're learning about yourself, sometimes it's really difficult. And meditation for me has been a game changer. And I know that you wrote a book that's coming out soon how to meditate like a Buddhist. Um, when you talk about meditation and, and, and those moments where you're like, where are your hands? Where are my feet? What are things doing? You're trying to create a present moment sensory experience. Like I've done that a couple of times where I'm like, I'm listening to the sounds in the room and I'm listening, uh, you know, the way the, the pen moves across the paper and I'm trying to really pay attention to that thing to bring myself out of that, that mindset so that I can I can kind of bring myself out of the spiral because I think that's what happens is like you almost like you create this little spiral of of negative thoughts and you want to get out of it and you, it creates anxiety and and sleeplessness and all of those things. Um, 
do you recommend when you when you talk about meditation and meditating like a Buddhist? Is that a specific type of practice? Do you recommend a specific amount of time each day? What's what's your focus when you're in your meditation? Because I know there's so many different ways to approach it. Mm-hmm. Well, so for negative self talk, when a, a great meditation is meta meditation or loving kindness meditation, and this you know that that's really where you're offering. Um, compassion towards yourself and others. And that's how you begin to cultivate different, you know, different language um, so that it's more of a balanced language that you're talking to yourself in, as opposed to, you know, your biggest fan or your cheerleader. Right. And yeah, so, I mean, I, for different challenges within communication, there are uh, different types of meditations that work really well. Um, within the book, the focus really is around teaching meditation, what it is, what it's not, um, you know, common, common meditations and, um, other more specific, you know, more prescriptive meditations. It's funny because I have so many people who tell me, they're like, I can't meditate. I don't know how. Uh, like my, And I'm like, you you do, and what you're doing is okay. And one of the things I really appreciated was I had someone share with me, like, it's not what happens during the meditation. It's the, it's the way your life is improved in between your meditation. And I have to remind myself of that sometimes because I practice trans- transcendental. And I have to remind myself of that at times when my mind is going off and I have to bring myself back to my mantra. And I'm like, this was a terrible meditation today. And then I'm like, no, 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 because it's in the moments in between. It's not in the moments during your meditation. It's in the way after that your your life is improved and that I can see my I'm far more calm. I um, speak to myself and to others with more grace. I'm less anxious. Um, I can tell that I need to meditate, especially when I snap at people like I'm not I'm very very calm but I've noticed like if I start snapping at my daughter um if she's taking too long and I usually am very patient with her I'm like okay I'm I'm out of practice yeah it's it's definitely it's a that's a wonderful way to to put it and I think that I mean the practice is getting lost in your thoughts right the practice is becoming aware that you are not here so that you can come back. And it's the same type of um, practice that we do when we're in conversation with others, right? In those moments where you are being passive aggressive, it's saying, it's noticing, oh, there I am. I'm being passive aggressive. I'm being distracted. I'm coming Mm -hmm. over here. I'm distracted from what I want to be doing, which is being with this person that I love. And I want to have a wonderful time with them. And I want to enjoy this moment. And I, and I'm not, so I won't, I want to just recognize that, move that to the side and come back. Right. So, um, it is, it's this remembering and forgetting. Mm, I love that remembering and forgetting because we are so in charge of our own thoughts and sometimes we allow them to, 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 to swirl away from us <laughs> and that too, right. That we are in charge of our thoughts. They aren't in charge of us. So that's a great, great point. Well, and I think so many times we see um, people who are like, I'm so influenced by this. And I was I was actually listening to a podcast the other day. It was Gary Vee. And he was talking about how um, 
if you're telling me you don't have time in the day to do this, but you're on your Instagram feed or you're this or you're that, and you're telling me, well, I'm addicted to social media, at some point in time, you have to take control, right? You have to be in charge of your thoughts. Like, yes, there are very addictive things out there in the world, but if you want to have a grand, beautiful life, you also have to make a choice as to how you feed your mind. And that includes your social media feeds, your friendships, the things that you're reading, the things that you're doing. Like you are in control of the way your mind works, um, but you have to make that active choice. And I've done this several times where, especially when I was in corporate America, like I would feel like everything, like my day was a runaway train. And I had to get into very purposeful states in the morning and actually I would visualize stepping in front of my day. It's almost like I was stepping in front of my calendar like, okay, I have this. I've got this. I'm going to take charge because if I don't, by the end of the day, I'm exhausted snapping at people and I haven't e- eaten. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's like you have to get into that space of of deciding that you're going to to create your own reality. Mm-hmm. It's very true. It's the I mean, that's the the first step, right, is the awareness of that fact. Mm-hmm. I think self-awareness is such a huge, it's, it's so funny because I think within this community, right, a lot of words become like cliched or catchphrase. But if you think about self-awareness, I feel like it's, it's as much as communication is so important. um, You can't get to most places unless you actually create some self-awareness. It's when your fingers are pointed out that you're hurting the most. Mm -hmm. And I think that you have to get to a place where like for me, I can walk out of the house and be in an interaction and be like, I'm out of alignment. Mm -hmm. I can tell by the way I'm communicating, the way I feel inside, this is not how I want to feel. And this is not the vibration I want. This is not the way that, so what's going on with me? And I think that that's been incredibly helpful instead of just kind of bleeding my my angst onto everybody else. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's getting familiar with the sensation in the body, right? Of knowing when you are in alignment and when you are out of alignment or when you're feeling good and when you're feeling Bad. And a lot of times we're so numb to those um, sensations that in the beginning, it's just practicing paying attention to what actually feels good or what doesn't feel good. Right. I love that. I, th- I had I did a challenge to some of um, for my followers at one point where I'm like, spend a week just paying attention to your body language. Just like if someone walks into the room and you feel your shoulders tense or you start to round in pay attention to that because that's a message, right? Um, If you get a text message and it makes you sigh, um, pay attention to that. Um, Your your body in so many ways will tell you what you're subconsciously dealing with. And it's just a matter of kind of understanding that. And I think that, and so I'm very big into free writing. I think free writing has also helped me kind of unlock some of those things I didn't realize that I was processing um, that, that have helped significantly, um, to get clear. Do you have any other, um, advice for someone, especially I think anyone that's like in a relationship and they want to become a better communicator and maybe they're struggling too with the person across the table is not the best. Do you have any, any tips? Really to, to see your communication through this lens of, is it kind? Is it honest? Is it helpful? Hmm. Um, and knowing that your, I mean, your role within the interaction is to help yourself and the other person suffer less. And so if you, if the other person isn't necessarily the best communicator, then it's your responsibility to 
make yourself feel better in that interaction. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it becomes more about the way that you're choosing to interact than how the other person is responding to you. Mm, I appreciate that because it's almost like that separation of self and other, like you don't have to be pulled into something negative. You act from your, from your honesty, from your truth, from your, your place of alignment as a communicator. And that also I think is very powerful because there's, there's a level of, of confidence and self-advocacy in that. Mm-hmm. And it like it's so much about first really listening to yourself and then listening to the other person and then being able to speak consciously, clearly, and concisely. And um, that, I mean, it's that process of first knowing and getting really clear on what it is that you need to say and how you're feeling and, um, you know, what's important to, to actually say or not to say or what needs to be said and doesn't need to be said. And then being really present in the moment so that you can you can honor the other person that you're with too, right? And be honest with them. I love that. So important. I want to pivot. I have a couple of things that I ask everyone. So I'm curious for you. Um, If you were to look at a younger version of yourself with all of the knowledge that you've gained um, and you were to give her any advice, how old would she be and what would you tell her? Okay. (laughs) How old would she be? Mm, I would be 13. She would be 13. Um, And I would say to her, you're exactly where you need to be. And life is going to unfold in all different ways but it will take you exactly where you want to go. That's what I would say to her. Did your 13 year old self feel um, unsteady at any point? Yes. Yeah. 13 year old self was, um, I had so many questions that I wanted answered so many wants, so many desires and just this frustration of, not knowing how or when um, and very caught up in what the the future would look like. And I mean, even though I was young, I had a lot of anxiety around it. That's, um, I, I can relate to that. I remember being young and my eyes were full of stars <laughs> and wanting to, get out of my neighborhood and, and, and move on in life. And, um, as you said that I was thinking of my daughter cause she's very, very aware of the world around her. Um, it's powerful. If you were transitioning from this lifetime and you wanted to leave behind some gold nuggets of wisdom or inspiration for the next generation, what would they be? To be friendly toward yourself, to, gosh, really to be, to be friendly toward yourself and to be friendly towards others and to come to your interactions with a sense of wonder and curiosity and an openness so that it's easier to hear and to listen and to learn. 
Something like that. I remember one time telling someone I wish if I were to leave behind anything, it would be to find the humanity in others, to see them as human as opposed to something to to guard against or it's just people with agendas, but actually find the humanity behind their eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's even when you were talking before about not being able to see the person in front of you as somebody that you love in that moment, right? It's making them human again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, especially in the world that we live in, we see so many reasons not to trust others. And what I've found is that every time I have spoken to someone from a place of love and grace and kindness, um, I, I, they, I, I see the shell fall away. You know, I see, I see that light kind of come up and there's suddenly a different type of eye contact and a different type of body language and a different type of communication um, because it's, they're being seen, right? And I think we all just want to be seen and we want to be communicated with in a way that's respectful and kind. Um, so I just, I really appreciate you taking the time. I know that you have uh, a master class on communication, um, coming up. Um, could you tell us a little bit about that? We'll make sure to, to link it in the show notes. Yeah, it's, um, a video series that really teaches, you know, how to communicate in a kind, honest and helpful way and teaches the practice of, um, what I call intentional communication, which is using the elements of right speech in your day-to-day life to be able to speak in a way that's necessary and helpful. I love it. We'll make sure to link to it in the show notes. And I want to thank you so much for having a conversation with me about communication. Um, I really appreciate you sharing your gold with us. Thank you. I had a wonderful time talking with you. And thanks so much for, for sharing from your side too, because it makes it an actual conversation, which is delightful. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening in today. I appreciate Cynthia's reminder that we should see the person across from us as someone we love, not someone to best. You can find Cynthia on Instagram at cykane1 or online at cynthiacane.com. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. You can find me on Instagram at either ms.janetteschneider or the live movement at loveisviral.media or live at loveisviral.com. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children or the people you influence. Order my book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.